Amen. I want to read to you from John uh, chapter 1. We have it on the screen. You're also welcome to grab uh, the, the Bible there in front of you. But it's from John chapter 1. I'm going to start in verse 19. It says, This was John's testimony when the Jews from Jerusalem sent priests and Levites to ask him, Who are you? He didn't deny it, but confessed, I am not the Messiah. What then? They asked him. Are you Elijah? I am not, he said. Are you the prophet? No, he answered. Who are you then? They asked. We need to give an answer to those who sent us. What can you tell us about yourself? He said, I am a voice of one crying out in the wilderness. Make straight the way of the Lord. Just as Isaiah the prophet said. Now they have been sent from the Pharisees. So they asked him, why then do you baptize if you aren't the Messiah or Elijah or the prophet? I baptize with water, John answered them. Someone stands among you, but you don't know him. He is the one coming after me whose sandal strap I'm not worthy to untie. All this happened in Bethany across the Jordan where John was baptizing. The next day, John saw Jesus coming toward him and said, Look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. This is the one I told you about when I said, After me comes a man who ranks ahead of me because he existed before me. I didn't know him, but I came baptizing with water so that he might be revealed to Israel. And John testified, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove. And he rested on him. I didn't know him, but he who sent me to baptize with water told me, the one you see the Spirit descending and resting on, he is the one who baptizes with the Holy Spirit. I have seen and testified that this is the Son of God. I went to a small Baptist college in Graceville, Florida, about 20 minutes south of Dothan, Alabama, and uh, one day, my friend Robbie and I were sitting out kind of in the green common space, and our, our buddy Ray uh, was walking past us, and Ray was trying to get a bunch of us guys to go to this men's retreat, and so he was kind of trying to rally the troops, and uh, he wasn't afraid to use a little bit of guilt tactic in trying to get us there. I remember Ray, uh, for some reason that day, he picked my, my buddy Robbie to be his victim, but Ray walked up to Robbie, and he, Ray was from the islands. I don't mean this, uh, I'm not trying to like make fun of him with my accent. I just want you to have the moment, okay? So Ray walked up to Robbie and said, Robbie, do you love God? And Robbie said, yeah, Ray, for sure, I love God. And, and Ray said, no, 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 no. Robbie, do you love God? <laughs> to which Robbie said, yeah, yeah, I, I love God. And then Ray said, no, 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 no. Robbie, do you love God? And Robbie said, I don't know, Ray. <laughs> Quit asking me. I don't know. <laughs> you know, a lot of us, if we were pressed, and maybe if you, even if you weren't pressed and asked about your love for God and your love for Jesus, particularly even in this season, it's all centered around him, you might would say, I, I don't know. Like, I, yeah, I think I do. Jesus seems all right. I love what John Piper says, the heart is an organ of preference, not of performance. Your heart shows what you desire. So, so I want to ask you do, you, 
Do you desire Jesus? You can say it this way. The essence of love is not doing. The essence of love is delighting. So I want to ask you, do do you love Jesus? Do you prefer Jesus to the things of this world? Do you delight in Jesus? I love what what happened when John saw Jesus. The CSB says that John in verse 29 said, Look, the Lamb of God. Now, I love the CSB translation, but I think here with look, I think that, if I'm honest, while it's a good modern translation, I think they missed it a little bit. I think uh, the ESV and I think King James say, uh, Behold. I think that's a little stronger, and I think a little more accurate even in the, the context, but also in the Greek. Of John's not saying, Hey, look, there's Jesus. Would you look at him? Like, no, behold, look at him. There he is. Take a good look. He says, behold. What he doesn't say is behave. I think in our, quote, Christian culture in the South, we have this idea of, yeah, Jesus is cool. Like, yeah, I go to church. But I, yeah, when I think of Jesus, I just got to get my life together and I got to act right and I got to perform for him. And that's not what John said. He didn't say, hey, everybody, here comes Jesus. Get your act together. The teacher's coming. That's not what he said. Behold, take a good look. And what does he say about him? The Lamb of God. And this may be a little lost on us, but it certainly wasn't lost on the Jewish culture who had the sacrificial system and the lambs that were slain as a covering, as a reminder of the need for covering of their sin. He says, look, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. It's not behave, get it together. No, it's behold Jesus, your Savior, because you don't behave and you need a Savior. See, Christmas isn't really good news if it's just like, oh, the moral police is here. (laughs) No, Christmas is good news when you remember. No, his coming shows us he loves us and he wanted to save us. He didn't come so we would get it all together. No, he came because we don't have it together. (laughs) So John said, behold, look at him, there he is. If you're lacking in joy say any day, but certainly this Christmas season, maybe it's because you've been thinking of Jesus in terms of behave rather than behold. Your your joy directly rises and falls on your ability to just behold Jesus, the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. That the King of the universe left heaven to come and die a sinner's death on the cross for you and for me. And because of his death and his resurrection, we have forgiveness, we have hope, we have life in him. And that's something to celebrate. You know, we all sometimes mishear songs. You know what I'm talking about? Like I remember when I was in college. I used to be a Jeremy Camp fan. I don't know if you guys remember him. I don't know if he's still doing music these days. But uh, I don't remember the name of the song. I was riding with my buddy in the car, and I was trying to sing along the song, I Won't Sing For You, because I want to be nice to you on Christmas. But I was singing it, and I thought the song said, or yeah, we were singing, and the chorus actually says, um, 
restore me from my feeble and broken soul. But as we sang it, I said, uh, God, restore me, rub my feet on a broken sword. <laughs> and my buddy Richard was like, what is wrong with you? I was like, I always thought that was a weird meaning. Like, I always thought that was very odd. <laughs> so we, we, we do this, right? We mishear songs. Uh, I asked my son for permission to share this, and I assured him we were not making fun of him, but we can all relate. Um, we were driving home from church uh, a few weeks ago and listening to Go Tell It on the Mountain. And when the song ended, Haddon said, Daddy, I'm going to go tell on that mountain. That mountain is in trouble. I'm going to go tell on it. <laughs> We've all been there, right, buddy? And, 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 I, and I laughed and I explained to him. And I thought, man, what an what a accurate portrayal of how most of us see Jesus. Well, Jesus, I don't want somebody telling me. Or I'm going to tell other people. No, it's good news because not that we're, he didn't come to find out we're broken. No, he came because we're broken. And now we want to go and tell it on the mountain and around the world that Jesus, the Savior, has come. And his, as I love the way Dane Ortland phrases this, his grace, his mercy, his love, his forgiveness, his kindness to you, they're not hotels through which you just pass through occasionally. No, they're homes in which his grace and mercy and love take up residence in your life every single day. God is with us. John said, law came through Moses, but grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. Jesus is good news. We celebrate him and we rest in him. We rejoice in him. We remember him. Behold, the Lamb of God takes away the sin of the world. So tonight, I'm going to ask my family to come up. We're going to light the Christ candle. Come on up, guys. Hey, Bubba, will you grab my iPad right there? I'm going to need it in just a second. Thanks, buddy. Thanks, sir. Check, check. Well, I got my other mic, sorry. Let's try again. We're good now. <laughs> Thank you. Um, the Christ candle represents Jesus coming. Um, Emmanuel, God with us. And I love the, the symbolism of, of this Advent candle of, of when Jesus comes, then hope, love, joy, and peace are possible. Mm -hmm. And so tonight as we light this candle, it's, it's kind of a picture of, of Jesus being the light of the world. And, you know, when, when light comes in, it gives us um, clarity and order and confidence and purpose. And so this is a picture of what Jesus does in our lives. That's right. And we're so grateful for it. So tonight we're going to light candles and, and celebrate Jesus coming and being the light of the world. Bubba, you want to pray for us? Thank you, Lord God, for saving us and for being the light of the world. Amen, buddy. I'm going to give you just a moment to, to pray and be still before the Lord and thank him for being our hope, being our light, for saving us.
going to ask our staff and our deacons who are here, and any ushers if y'all want to help, we're going to come and begin to light these candles. We're going to light them starting with the Christ candle. And as the candle comes to you, I would encourage you, just like we do with our faith, to pass it on to anyone and everyone around you. Share the light with them. As you're passing the light, I'm going to read from God's word to you. John 8:12 says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Psalm 18:28 says, for it is you who light my lamp. The Lord, my God, lightens my darkness. Micah 7:8 says, do not, do not gloat over me, my enemy. Though I have fallen, I will rise. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. 1 John 1.5 says, This is the message we have heard from him and proclaim to you, that God is light and in him is no darkness at all. Revelation 21.23, And the city has no need of sun or moon to shine on it, for the glory of God gives it light, and its lamp is the Lamb. Psalm 27, 1, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? John 1, 5, the light shines in the darkness and the darkness has not overcome it. 1 John 1, 7, but if we walk in the light as he is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, his son, cleanses us from all sin. Isaiah 9, 2, the people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. Those who dwelt in a land of deep darkness, on them light has shined. 2 Corinthians 4, 6, for God who said, let light shine out of darkness, made his light shine in our hearts to give us the light of the knowledge of God's glory displayed in the face of Christ. 1 Peter 2, 9, but you are a chosen race, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, a people for God's own possession, so that you may proclaim the excellencies of him who has called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. If y'all would stand and sing with us. <clears throat> 